and the old golden retriever kind of clutches his staff and the light from his firefly illuminates his face and he says let me tell you a story I like really slipped into Sadine Ra just then. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I need to learn how to do voices. No. I do. I like. I, I, one day I'll be a good GM. So here's the thing, Diana. Uh, last episode, we ended with uh, Nunu and Iza meeting the hermit of the Giant's Tower or Giant's Ridge. For some reason, I thought it would be fun to have the hermit say, Let me tell you a story. I haven't, I didn't, I, I don't know what the story is about. I, I mean, I also don't know what the story is about. Um, I don't know. We could, we, we have cards could try and make up a story from that. So that's what I think. That's what I want to do. So there's a couple things that I'm thinking. Hello. Welcome. This is our point. So you do a podcast. It's an actual play. <laughs> Issa, the red panda. Uh huh. Firelight mm -hmm. and Nunu, the mongoose uh, vagabond, mm -hmm. have, have met the hermit. And there's this, there's this like big folk band playing. There's uh, a, a bustling kind of market as this festival is proceeding. The sun is setting. There's this big orange moon hanging in the sky. The adults have gone to the top of the tower to engage in, in this festival. And something that I really want to hit on, I keep coming back to the nature of the monastery. One of the things the monastery can do is show tensions caused by generational divides. And I just keep coming back to that and how, like, not even thinking about that, we split this up into adults and kids. And I think there, there has to be something about the adults in this, right? In this in this story yeah this golden retriever whose name is abbas starts telling us this tale about the the god that this the secret and mysterious god or i don't know is it about the secret and mysterious god i don't know i didn't think this far ahead diana diana's gonna draw from the our tarot deck all right Ooh, it, it's a two of something uh something. it's just the two it's the high priestess okay uh, and so we have this uh, this priestess within these two pillars, which I think is really interesting. So I'm seeing the Giant's Ridge, a battle to keep equilibrium. Okay. She says, maybe. Okay. I like that. Let's, let's try this. Let's draw three cards for a three-act story. Okay. Right? So we have the priestess, or the high priestess, the hierophant. What does that mean? Uh, a hierophant is like a, um, you're going to make me define this and then I'm going to be wrong. I believe he looks it is like a type a, of priest. He looks like a wizard with keys. Yes. I believe it's like a type of like, I think it's a kind of priest. I'm going to look it up. Go yeah, ahead. please. Keep I don't going. know where my phone is. Keep going. And the eight of wands where the wands are done to look like shooting stars falling through the sky. A hierophant, a person, especially a priest, priest in ancient Greece who interprets sacred mysteries or esoteric principles. Mysteries. 
This is a secret, mysterious God. Okay. So, okay. So you, you were talking about keeping equilibrium. Mm-hmm. We have these two pillars. Mm-hmm. We have this very tall tower on an island that's rising out of the sea, right? Mm-hmm. Along this, this coastline. So we have great heights and, and deep lows. And this woman. And then the illustration for the Hierophant is this really cool looking cloaked bearded figure with with these keys and he's got these cloaks and he's got a crown and these shooting stars i keep going back to these shooting stars and this generational divide there's there's a lot of elements that i want that i want to work into all this together Mm -hmm. do you have any ideas curse a curse because i'm basic (laughs) that's not basic yeah i feel like there's a curse on the adults Ooh. I like that a lot. And that's why they have to do these this ritual, whatever it is. So as parents, you and I are parents, someone could easily curse me by saying, like, your kid's going to get sick this year. Like, that would be a curse on me. That wouldn't be a curse on my kid because mm-hmm. I have that knowledge. My kid doesn't. And my kid's probably going to get sick. You know what I mean? So, like, cursing the adults doesn't necessarily have to be they all die in two days. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. You know what I mean? could be a little more abstract like that. I like the idea of... This responsibility placed on the adults for the safety of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, it's kind of Pied Piper-esque. But backwards. But yeah, but not quite at well, all. No, not even wait, a Well, bit. no, actually, isn't it? Because didn't the Pied Piper lure the children away? Because the parents wouldn't pay. Yeah. yeah. So it is. It's exactly this. Yeah. The parents didn't do the thing, so then the kids died. Ooh, I like that. So I think, like, long before the war, like, this is something that's been going on for a long time. Like, ancient. Yeah. There's a story that long before the war, there was... No, if you're gonna... It's, it's gonna be a good story. It can't be long before the war. Long before the time of man. <laughs> like, well, it's gotta... You know what I mean? It's there, gotta be something, like, real, 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 not at all conceptual. <laughs> We're all animals. This is already not the time of man. Okay. Long before the time of stars. Something silly. Ooh. It's got to be non-conceptual. Ooh. Come on. Oh, you've never read Lord of the Rings. Never mind. One day I'll lead, read Lord of the Rings. So a boss tells us this story. And it's a story about adults who failed to protect their, their children. Mm-hmm. A community of adults that let down their kids when they could have stopped it Mm -hmm. and i think it is the result of a giant god who presents as noble but is hungry and um you might not know this but in the wanderhome book there is a deity called the slobbering god which is a very fearful god and this might even be the slobbering god or an aspect of the slobbering god Mm -hmm. and the adults failed to care for it or the adults failed to meet their end of a bargain with it and it resulted in disaster Mm -hmm. and i think he tells us this story about a young woman who was able to calm its fury but not before it was able it enacted this this terrible result. And I think he speaks in a lot of just like I did, 
I think Abbas speaks in a lot of vagaries mm-hmm. that um, Isa and Nunu don't like quite grok. I'm sorry, what? Grok is not a word. Grok is too a word. Where? In what language? In the English language. If I look it up, it's going to come up? Yeah. How do you spell that word? G-R-O-K. That's not a word. It is a word. It's to understand. It's to comprehend and internalize. G-R-O-K. <sighs> is it a word? It is a word according to the Oxford Dictionary. Does it mean to understand and yes, comprehend? Yes, it does. Not a real word. It's made up. <laughs> I'm, all words are made up. Okay. All right. All right. Back before the time of stars. Let's go on. So grok. We don't grok, which is a ridiculous thing to say. We grok some of it. We don't grok all of it. We just a little grok. <laughs> Gifted kid. Grok is not a like. I've never heard it. it. Wasn't even an SAT word for me. I really enjoy that word. Well, probably. I don't need. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a fun word. I'm not saying it's not a fun word. I'm just saying I've never heard it. I'm kind of surprised you've never heard me say it. I probably have and just assumed you were saying something ridiculous. Continue. Continue. So I'm curious as to how Isa responds to that. I know that uh, the vagabond, something the vagabond can always do is mutter something you're not supposed to say. (laughs) Um, So I uh, I think Nunu kind of... He's finished his meat pie listening to this, and he kind of like rubs his nose, and he goes, mm, sounds like a whole lot of boar bath water, if you ask me. He kind of mutters under his breath. So something that I can always do is illuminate something in darkness. How metaphorical can I get with that? I think, I think 100% metaphorical. I think it can be fully literal or fully metaphorical. I think that's the idea. Yeah. J-Dragon has talked a little bit online about, like, the intentionality of the word choice and language mm-hmm. choice. And I think part of that is, you know, narrowing in on very leading prompts that are very guided, but also very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. So I asked that question, but I have no insights that would illuminate anything in any darkness. So... I literally have nothing to say other than, like, that's a big story. (laughs) And I don't know that that illuminates anything. It's just that that's a big story. So I'm actually I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. So you can spend a token to reveal something hidden about the person in front of you and ask them what it is. So I'm going to hand you a boss's Kith card. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend a token. Mm -hmm. Am I a a boss? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say... Something in our conversation. And so, like, when I think of, like, your illumination, his illumination, and revealing something, Mm -hmm. I think the reason he is the hermit, Abbas is the hermit, has something to do with his family situation. Okay. Either he has a specific relationship with someone or maybe he lost someone or he renounced or or something. So I think I'm curious as to what his relationship is to the, to this story and to this place. Mm -hmm. How old did we say he was? I don't know if we did. How old do we think he is? I've been picturing him as kind of as older. I have too. I mean, when I think of hermits, I generally think of older. Are there very many older people here? 
that we've seen because I know we haven't seen all the adults. Yeah, we haven't seen all the adults. I think most of the, oh, I mean, when I was picturing the, like the merchants and stuff, I was generally picturing like middle age. He's probably the oldest person we've seen so far. And that's what I was picturing from the guess. crowd as well was middle aged people. Mm-hmm. Okay, many years ago, when I was a child, this festival wasn't taken as seriously as it is now by some, unfortunately. Do I have to give more detail? I don't have more detail right now. That's why I'm asking. No, but I don't think that, but wait, did that answer? I thought it did. Was Vaguely. It? Oh. So I think that it, so the way that I interpreted that, mm-hmm. my answer, the thing that popped into my head was um, that because this, the festival wasn't taken seriously by some, not by all, the people who didn't take it seriously, they received a backlash. Like there was a harm to them mm-hmm. and it left him. He was alone. Oh, like as a kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like that. And it would make sense that he would reveal that after, you know, Nunu kind of calls his story hogwash. Mm-hmm. And I think it would explain why he's one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. So we're all still sitting on the ground. He says he drops this bomb after this banana story where he gave no details about what happened. I do think internally Nunu's feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, because Nunu knows of the slobbering god. One thing that Nunu carries with him is a secret you're not supposed to have about the king of the floating mountain. And I think what Nunu knows is that the king of the floating mountain is an avatar of the slobbering god. Oh. And so anything that comes up about avatars or aspects or the forgotten god themselves mm-hmm. m- makes Nunu very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he worries it is asking for the king's and the god's attention. Mm-hmm. The idea that, you know, these people might be keeping peace through appeasing that force is starting to make Nunu very uncomfortable. While you think about what you're going to do, I think... Mm-hmm. I think that Isa, after that story, after that bombshell, I can see I can see Nunu getting more like wound up and and tighter. Isa stands up and she offers the um, the hermit. She offers him like, do, "Do you need a hand up? Do you need some help?" Um, to see if he'll stand up because she knows that that her and Nunu at least are going to be on the move soon. At least getting away from this strange man and his strange conversations. Like, we're going to be moving soon. So she offers, because he's an elderly man, Mm -hmm. she offers if he needs to stand up. Uh, I think Abbas shakes his head and he goes, no, I'm going to sit here and listen to a few more songs. Is is Lou with you or did Lou... Lou's been circling. Mm -hmm. Lou's up with the others. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the the Will-O-Wisp is is following her, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, a whistle or anything to get her down. I guess I could whistle myself. I don't have, like, a a way to get her. Yeah. Then I think, yeah, I think Abbas just shakes his head. And uh, one thing that, so I gave Abbas the trait pensive. Mm-hmm. And one thing a pensive kith, kith can always do is stare into the distance mournfully. Mm-hmm. So I think he just kind of stares off. He shakes his head and he says, no, I'm going to sit here. Enjoy the festival before you move on. And he just kind of f- fades off staring as as the band begins to play a new song. Yeah. And, and Nunu kind of stands up and 
bristles and you can see his fur kind of like standing on end uh, underneath his cloak. And he starts, I think he starts kind of like brusquely walking away. I follow him. And I think I shout up towards the top of the monastery where all of the fireflies are. Mm-hmm. I think I just shout for Lou. I, I just do it once. If she follows, great. If not, that's fine. But I continue to follow him. Oh no! what do you think happens next? Honestly? Yeah. So I think Isa follows Nunu for a while. Um, but then, so, so Isa's on this, on this journey to kind of just find herself. She's not naive. She's not naive, naive like Sound was. And she's not jaded like Marin is. She's, she's just trying to find herself. She's a college student. So she's going to make stupid decisions, but she's not an idiot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so after a while, she's like getting bored with following this like bah humbug person, right? We're at a <laughs> festival. Like, yes, there's this, you know, this scary story, but we're at a festival and I'm not getting invited to the tower to do anything weird there. So at some point, I'm like, do you want to eat? Let's let's go dance. Let's do something. I think she's trying to get Nunu to enjoy the festival while they're here. Yeah, I think Nunu pulls out a cigarette from his pack of smokes. And he's he's kind of like struggling to light it. He finally gets it lit and he takes a drag. He goes, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. This, uh, uh, I don't know. This this place feels weird. I, I don't I don't like it. Uh, I'm getting... I'm getting dizzy, just like just being here, just listening to that old man's story. I, I'm feeling, I feel weird. I don't, I don't like it here. I think maybe we should leave. It's nightfall, or it's about to be, and I don't, I, I think that this place has food, and plenty of people for protection and shelter. So I think we should stay, and then we can leave first thing in the morning. At this point, is it nightfall? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. Listen, Isa, I know that you, like, really want to see all the world and see all these things, but I, I got it. I'm I'm telling you, Isa, n- you don't want to see everything that Heath has to offer, okay? There, there's stuff out there that you don't need to see or experience. There's stuff out there that looks nice, but isn't. And I, it, it, this, this just, it feels weird to me. I don't think I like it. So, we've known each other for a short while. I'm not an idiot. I know that there are things that I don't want to see. But there are so many more things out there that are gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful and amazing and scary that I do want to see. This festival, yeah, that was a really weird story told by a really weird old man. But there's food and kids and music and a place to sleep tonight that's warm and full of laughter. I say that we should stay tonight and then we can be boring people in the morning and leave. And he takes another drag of a cigarette. Okay. All right. And he, I think he flicks the cigarette off the side of the cliff. He goes, okay. All right. We'll stay. We'll stay. These, these the, the, the place seems fine. He says, I don't think you're an idiot. I know you're not an idiot. Good. I'm not. Duh. You're a smart kid. Uh, well, okay. Well, I take umbrage to kid. I don't know that I'm kid, but I appreciate the thought. Now let's go get a churro. Because there would be an equivalent of that. Fantasy churro? Fantasy churro. Right? Like there would be something like funnel cake, churro, something, mm-hmm. a dessert that's walkable and easy to make. Yeah. 
So, okay, hold on. She doesn't say, let's get a churro. She already got them, and she kind of shoves it in his mouth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, he takes it, and he just kind of gnaws on it a little bit. I think she started, because the food was by the music, right? I think mm-hmm. she started going back to the music, but on the other side of where the hermit was, so that they wouldn't have to talk to the hermit again. Okay. So, I'm going to use one of the journeying tools, the do we want to. Okay. Slash, what do you think? Do we want to inject more conflict into this story or do we just kind of want to explore this space a little bit? I don't know. Truly don't. Like, conflict would make it probably more interesting to our listeners. But um, exploring the space would make it safer for me because we're in the spooky season. And <laughs> I have a tendency of making things sp- spooky, even though I don't like spooky things. I made this man's parents die and possibly others in the village. Yeah. Mysteriously. I do this. I don't like that I do this, but I do this. So. So, all right. All right. Let me throw this out there and we can nix it or just not interact with it if we want to. I think as we're kind of walking around, we pass a hedgehog mother and her. Is this the hedgehog that we passed before? Did we pass hedgehogs before? I thought we did. Am I on a hedgehog kick? Maybe. I thought we passed hedgehogs before. All right, let me let, let's pick a different animal. Moles. Moles. Badgers. Moles. I like moles. We pass a mole mother and her daughter, and we overhear them talking about how the mother wants her daughter to come up to the top of the tower, and the daughter doesn't want to. Um, and the mother's like, "You're old enough now. It it's time for you to participate in the community." It's time. I, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to, um, you know, take your place as an adult in the community. And it's, it's really, it's really important to me that you come do this for your father and your little sister and me. So come on. And her daughter is kind of arguing with her and it's like, I don't care. I don't want to do that. I, my friends have fireworks i want to hang out with my friends so i'm not gonna do it so uh, i think we pass them and they're they're arguing over whether or not it's important for this teenage girl to Mm -hmm. to take part diana has these questions now when do you have to participate right is it when you get your first period is it when you turn 16 is it when you look like an adult like, what? when do you have to participate? Because when do the consequences start then? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. That's just a curious Diana question that I know no one has the answer to right now. Um, so that happens. And Isa does nothing with it. She's not going to get in the middle of a teen girl. They're mean. <laughs> you ever talk to a teen girl? They're the worst. Um, the movie Mean I, Girls is real, based on real life events. I have talked to teen girls. I was a substitute teacher in a high school for yeah. a little while. It's not fun. No. <laughs> the movie Mean Girls is real. Like, the only part of that that's fictional is the girl getting hit by the bus. I, I wish I was lying. It's ridiculous. Girls are mean. But also, Isa is a girl, and she knows that they're mean, so she's not doing that. Why would she do that? No. Get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't think I, I don't think so. I also, I, I also don't know how she would get involved. Yeah. Like, I, um, no, I think it's enough just to present that as an, as something that's happening in this space as, yeah. as we kind of make our way around. 
Well, here's the question, because we were by the monastery. Do we see the hermit notice them? Oh, see, I was picturing since we went around the Oh, that they were on the other other side. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. So I think what Nunu does with this is he turns to Issa and he says, um, do you want to go to the top? Aren't you, are, are you curious about what they're doing up there? Yeah, of course I'm curious about what they're doing up there. I didn't think you'd want to go up there. And I don't want to go by myself. I don't know these people. Well, I wasn't until I heard that story. And now I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, you know, what exactly it is. Do you think we could just go up? I don't see why not. I mean, we're definitely old enough. All right. Let's go. And then she's already walking towards the door. She's made a decision. She's sticking to it. Oh no! Now I'm uh, now I'm worried. <laughs> She's waiting by the door for you. Okay, yeah, he's gonna go. So she opens the door. She keeps walking inside. Thank you for listening to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM Zach. I am your wife and player Diana. And this is episode two of Wander Home. How are you doing, my darling? It's spooky season. Spooky season. I don't know when this comes out. I think it comes out after spooky season, actually. Um, I think this is coming out at the very end of spooky season. Oh, it's the very end of spooky season. Okay. Well, Diana actually enjoys spooky season, but I don't enjoy spooky things. And so mixed feelings is how I'm feeling. I wish you would just watch scary movies with me. No. You would get acclimated nope. to it. You'd get used to it. Absolutely not. I watched The Ring. In Japanese, and then I watched it in English. I've seen Scream. I watched The Sixth Sense. I've tried scary movies. Not a fan of any of them. I realized the other day, because I've been watching a lot of scary movies recently, they they haven't been really scaring me. Um, and but then I tried to watch there there is a uh, anthology horror series on Hulu. And one of them, I can't remember what the episode is called, but it is about, it's a horror, it's a horror short film about a woman who is giving a natural birth in the woods. Oh, God. And what it made me realize is that I can stand a lot of, I can stand jump scares, I can stand most gore I can deal with. Um, I don't, I don't like gory movies, but it doesn't like upset me uh i can stand supernatural stuff you know midnight mass didn't scare me at all what i can't stand is the sound of people screaming in pain that's what like really and like there's a very specific type there's like a deep animal screaming in pain like if i'm watching a horror movie and somebody like gets their fingers broken or something it's it i don't care it's not well i care but it's not like so upsetting that i can't watch it yeah if you've seen midsummer or hereditary there are scenes in those movies where people scream in real pain and like grieving pain and i can't do that sound that is like the one thing that is like nope can't cannot do this um so i couldn't finish that short because it was way too much yeah like the the there is a type of real panicked pain sound in horror movies that i cannot deal with everything else i i i can pretty much i can handle yeah it might 
scare me. Some scares me more than others, but generally I can handle it. Do you remember our game of Bluebeard's Bride? Yes. Okay. So this is how I know I'm not made for scary things. We played that years ago. Mm-hmm. Years ago. And every once in a while, I will get a flash of the bathtub scene that was beautifully described for us and made me shiver, which is a mood. Like, that's a thing. Like, something happens once once there's a shiver, right? I still react the exact same way years later to that beautifully described scene that was the most disgusting, horrible, horrifying thing I've ever listened to in my life. I cannot handle scary things. Bluebeard's Bride is a fantastic game from Magpie Games uh, in which you are, each player is an individual uh, archetype or part of the psyche of a woman trapped in Bluebeard's castle. And it's terrifying and fantastic. And it, also the book itself is like beautiful. That's one of the games that I would, that I've considered buying just because of how beautiful the book is. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I don't think there's a lot of RPG, and I mentioned this specifically with Wanderhome, I think a couple episodes ago. There aren't too many RPG books that I find like physically beautiful, like as artifacts, as physical artifacts. Wanderhome is definitely one of them. Bluebeard's Bride is yeah. for sure one of them. That's a gorgeous book. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's also terrible and terrifying. And I will never, ever in a million years play. We played it at night. With a master GM. Yeah, that was uh, Jabari Weathers, uh-huh. who is, yeah, fantastic, fantastic yes. GM. I played it at night, y'all. I still, this is years later, still think about that bathtub scene. <laughs> like, I am not made for horror movies. I'm not. I'm not. You know what else I still think about sometimes? Like, hmm. it'll just pop into my head. Actually, it pops into my head every single time I hear the song, You Are My Sunshine, our murderous ghosts game. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not made for scary. I'm not made for scary. I'm made for cheesy Hallmark romance movies and terrible Harlequin romance novels. That's what I'm made for. Like The Good Witch? The Good Witch is terrible. It was beautiful. It's a terrible series. It's awful. I loved every minute of it. Not made for scary. But I guess speaking of scary, we should get back. Yeah, let's let's go see what's at the top of this tower. I think as we start making our way up, we start hearing something from above us. Uh, and I'm not sure what it is, but it's faint and it's distant. And it's, um, I don't know, do you have any ideas? Either a chant, which is, I think, obvious, or like a like a group ohm. Like, have you ever been in a yoga class when... It's like a second after everybody started saying their ohm and it just like resonates. Mm-hmm. Like a, like, yeah, a syllable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like this. There's this syllable, um, this vocal syllable. It's just kind of as we're getting closer, it starts to resonate throughout the the tower. And eventually we get to the top and we can almost feel the tower vibrating with this with this syllable with this sound and there's a is it still called a trap door if i don't i don't know what they're called 
Like the it, ceiling door that yeah, leads to the roof? Yeah, for like lighthouses or even for attics. I guess, yeah. Is that a trap door? I guess. I think that makes sense visually. Like you know what you're looking at when we say trap door. Like the kind where a ladder comes down in some of the old houses to get to an attic? Yeah. Like you pull it and then the ladder comes down? Mm-hmm. Oh, ceiling door. Okay. And I think Isa comes to it first because you're... Yeah, leading the way. Leading Obst. the way for Obst. sure. Yeah. I think you you just you just open it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no, because adults have been coming up. I don't know that that door would really be closed. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like people have been coming up. I'm not sure that that door would be closed. And even if it was closed, it probably just got closed. I mean, that hedgehog mom was downstairs talking. Like she presumably will also be coming up at some point. Mm-hmm. If it's closed, which we described that it was, I I open it and I go. What's the worst that happens? I peek my head in. They're you know licking goats or something and then i come back downstairs that would be weird since these are animal folk yeah no that's what i'm saying it'd be weird and i'd be like that's too weird and then we go downstairs and then we leave okay what do i see yeah okay so i actually picture like the end of a yoga class when people say om like i think they are there's adults sitting on the floor i'm sure there's like paraphernalia for whatever the ritual will be or whatever takes Mm -hmm. place i'm not sure what that is um, but I kind of see just like a room full of people sitting on the floor in some sort of shape. I imagine a circle because circles. So circles. And they're just sitting on the floor making this sound. I imagine some are getting up and like getting ready to make offerings. I, I don't know why I keep picturing like a bundle of wheat, but I keep picturing like a bundle of wheat. Oh, I like that. So. Well, so I mean, this. This sounds a lot like to me. I, I I know you've made the connection to yoga, which is where people do kind of sit and just kind of recite o- the Om syllable. But uh, well, it's my personal experience, like where I've done it. Well, you've also done. You've gone to temple with me I for puja. Yes. And this kind of sounds like puja, where yeah. you know you have a large you have a large group of people together sitting. Um, you don't typically kind of recite the like. I mean. The priests will recite the syllable, but um, mostly like people are just sitting in darshan in in view. But that's what this sounds like to me, right? You, mm-hmm. Did you say there was like a little shrine? I didn't, but I because I kind of I kind of picture one. Right? I do kind of picture one, but I didn't I didn't say it. Yeah, I think there's a big window here. Mm-hmm. There's a big window that's looking out over the moon. And didn't we say something when we yeah, first mo- got here? Yeah, wasn't the, something lined up, or the, the moon, moon was lined up with the coast, yeah. right? So I think there's this big window that is that's pointed towards the moon and it's this big full moon and then there is there are these bundles of golden wheat at the bottom of the window like right below the window and there's these prayer flags kind of hanging up around this this stone window that that leads out into the moon and they've turned this window into a sort of shrine um to the the huge glowing moon and um yeah i think there's people uh you know sitting around in a circle they're they're kind of uh doing this low monosyllabic chant and just it's kind of reverberating through the room as people are doing things and i think uh, there's a lot of these, like, of the smaller porthole windows where the, the fireflies are crawling through, but there's also, like, lanterns and, uh, and candles kind of in this space. And it's a very, um, I know you, you were like, 
<laughs> you said you if they were licking goats, you would leave. Um, I think this is a much more... It doesn't feel cultish. No. Is I think probably Nunu's surprise Mm -hmm. is Nunu was getting worried. We were like coming into something that was scary, Mm -hmm. but it's very much not. It is very much a community of adults gathered together in sincere worship is kind of what I think it is. And um, what do you think, what is a sign up here of community? of the community coming together. Honestly, I think it's like the people working together to create this, to like complete the shrine, right? So like some people are already uh, busy getting their themselves in the right space or chanting or whatever. I don't know exactly what that chant would like means. You know, mm-hmm. is it them getting ready or is it is it the chant? I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's just people getting up and doing stuff. And, like, you probably see some of the slightly younger adults checking in on the older adults to make sure they don't need a pillow under them or whatever. Um, and I think you you just see people getting ready. Like, it just looks like I, – I don't know. I've gone to a lot of, like, church events. And you can just tell when people are helping each other. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what it is. It's just, like, people are helping each other. Yeah. For me, I think it is – uh, on one side of the room, there is like a table. There's like a potluck table, mm-hmm. and there's like um, there's all kinds of like little finger foods, and um, there's like a carafe of coffee and like a carafe of of tea and like lemonade and stuff. Can the reason that this is an adults only um, ceremony be that like wine is heavily featured? If if you want, yeah, but I think. Not, like, Bacchanalian. No, 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 no. But it's, like, like, part of the ceremony. So, like, I I imagine that, like, in some Catholic churches, you get wine with the communion, but sometimes it's only for special occasions. I feel like it's one of those things. Like, this Mm. is special wine for this special occasion, and we're all going to drink it. But no, I'm not giving wine to my child. And also, this would be pure chaos with two-year-olds up here. So, like, no. I I think that latter part especially, like, this is – it's something that requires – the community and like organization Mm -hmm. and the kids just can't be calm for this. Like you're not going to get a two year old to sit. And in this small space, because it has to happen in this space, there's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. So yeah, there's, um, there's like these like little, there's like coffee, tea, lemonade. And then there's also like a big, a couple of those like big jugs of, of wine, like the the huge, um, big old jugs. <laughs> they have a specific name, and now I can't remember what they are called. And I think under his, I think under his breath, uh, and he's like, "Oh, this is n- not scary. <laughs> this, this, okay, all right, okay." And I think you just see Isa like elbow him, like, "Yeah, see, told you." And I think we we kind of like start looking around and uh i i think the the hedgehog and her teenage daughter come up shortly after us Mm -hmm. and and um they start kind of like doing their thing and getting ready and i think nunu kind of leans towards you guys what 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 should we do i think you see isa kind of just like "Uh, i guess sit down and like you see her start to like crouch down behind someone like someone will tell me if i'm doing this wrong and then just kind of sits yeah. And I I think we do we get welcomed by like a we get welcomed by a turtle 
uh, and um, his frog companion, and they uh, kind of see that we're a little uncomfortable and they sit us down and they kind of lead us through it. And it is kind of just this very chill community event where people kind of are going in and out of the circle of, of like chanting to like somebody will step up to go get something to drink and then somebody else will take a spot and somebody will go and, and like add something to the shrine by the window. And uh, it is just kind of a very, chill calm space Mm -hmm. but there is like a seriousness yes because like you can tell that this is like a sacred thing but it is a common thing right like if it happens every year it's common enough but it is still sacred yeah i don't know i get that feeling when i walk into church right like when i'm sitting down for mass like it is sacred but i've done it thousands of times at this point in my life like I got it. I know what I'm supposed to do. But also, there's like a reverence there. And I feel like you can you can feel it in the air, kind of. Yeah. And, and I mean, this, I feel like this is very common to anyone who has attended any sort of yeah. community religious event. This idea that it's routine, so people don't take it all that seriously, but also it is sacred. Mm-hmm. There's There's like a weird coexistence of those two ideas yeah where once you've done something sacred and communal enough it doesn't feel scary yes yeah because yeah i i have the exact same i i can hone in on that feeling like Mm -hmm. perfectly so yeah i think i think nunu and and i think i mean nunu sits down and uh i don't think he starts like i don't think he joins in the chant i also don't think I don't think Isa joins in on the chant, I, but I think she's sitting quietly and every once in a while just like says something to Nunu, just something like, oh, hey, look, they're getting more wheat or something like commenting a little bit on the ceremony. But like, I'm not joining in on the chant. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. And but I'm also not just like, oh, hey, because it's because I can feel that reverence in the air. So how does you you mentioned that you think wine plays a big part. What What is the part that you think wine plays? So, does the hermit make an appearance? Is there a leader of this? Oh, um, that's a good question. Because I imagine there's some sort of leader. It does not necessarily need to be the hermit, though. So I just drew the King of Swords, and it is a, uh, it looks like a magpie or a, maybe a robin, actually. So I think it's a robin. I think this robin um, is is the one who's who's leading like, like the leading. events. Okay. Yeah, and I think he's just a community member. Yeah. I don't think he's special in any way. Just Other he's than a, this, this is his year to do this thing. Yeah. So when I go to temple with you, they wash the myrtles in like there's a, there's like this whole process, right? It's like the the milk, and I think there's water, and they like you know they cleanse the myrtles. That's mm-hmm. like an important part, and then afterwards you get food. Yeah. Um, in the Catholic Church, I am speaking specifically about the Catholic Church because I am Catholic. <laughs> Disclaimer. In the Catholic Church, you know, they have the whole process of blessing the wine, blessing the bread, and then the Eucharist, and then giving it out to us, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of picture something similar. I think that the wine is used to cleanse. So what I picture is like this Robin is pouring some of the wine onto the wheat and is like there's some sort of special chant that is happening then. Mm-hmm. And then I think – a little bit of the wheat goes into each one of those um, wine barrels, and everyone has to drink. Oh, okay. 
Like you don't have to you don't have to drink like glasses and glasses, but you get like a little shot glass of wine uh-huh. and you have to drink. I don't know exactly more than that, but it's just kind of like that's a thing that happens at ceremonies and in religious things. Yeah, it feels very ceremonial. Yeah. Does Isa take part in that? Yes. Because well, because so it's just somebody else comes around with a tray and it would be rude to not take it mm-hmm. than to take it. Like there are lots of situations at temple with you. Like temple at one point they come around with fire and you have to cleanse yourself with the smoke. And I've well, done well, I know, I I know. Yeah, I'm it's not, not, I'm not it's not quite that. But I yeah. know, I know. I'm not Hindu though, but like as it comes around, I am not Hindu, but I have done it because it would be more weird and I feel like more disrespectful to not do it. Yeah. So I, you know, I do the motions that I see everybody else doing and I try to understand what's going on. I am not great at it. In the Catholic Church, the thing I know the most about, when the priest sprinkles you with holy water, whether or not you are a Catholic, I feel like you, you would feel some sort of like need to at least incline your head. Like if some, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or like when they're going around the incense, like, you know that that's something that you need to do something for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if they're coming around with these trays of these little shot glasses of, not shot glasses, but like. But yeah, I know. I, like, I, I'm imagining them as like little clay cups. Yes, but they're little. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm picturing them. Um, Someone comes around with a tray and gives one to you. You take it. Yeah. You take it. So I take one. Yeah, I think Nunu does. Yeah, Nunu does too. And. Is it not cleansing yourself with the fire? Are you blessing yourself? It's you're illuminating yourself um, in, in, ter- in the concept of like you're taking darshan, you're letting God see you. Uh, you're you're illumin- you're taking the light, and you're kind of pouring the light over you. You're uh, illuminating yourself. Very different than what I understood it to be. Okay. And that's probably different. Uh, like I mean, there's literally hundreds of different forms of you know Hindu worship, so yeah. that it could be okay totally different depending on other people well i've learned something that i should have learned a long time ago when i started going to temple with you so <laughs> we won't we haven't been very often but this does i mean this feels very much to me you've been to temple with me for hanuman yeah puja mm-hmm. um which is uh like this feels like like everybody getting together to recite the hanuman chalisa yeah for hanuman uh Abishakam. anyway anyway i take my clay of wine that has like little bits of barley in it or whatever. I guess not barley, wheat. Uh, and I'll take one too. And I think everybody, you know, takes a sip at their own time or, t- or drinks it at their own time. And then it becomes silent up here. I think looking out the window, we see this huge, this swarm of fireflies kind of take off into the distance down towards the coast. And what we see through the window as the, the community starts up this, this chant is these clouds form over the horizon. In the light of the fireflies is a shadow, something that we can't see, only that the light of the fireflies we see these fireflies kind of like swarming around like a murmuration of starlings, right? And we see something in the murmuration, in that dancing of light, in the lightning dancers, there is something huge. Mm-hmm. And it is some sort of creature, something massive and immense. But as Nunu kind of like spies it through the window, and I think this is so distant that it's like hard to see. But it rises up 
And as this kind of swirling cloud starts to like descend, this figure surrounded by the fireflies rises up and the light of the fireflies and the force of this creature breaks through and disperses the clouds. And Nunu feels calm. Did Iza see this or like what? No, No, I think Iza was busy watching the people in the room and what they were doing. I think it, it got silent. Everybody watched the fireflies kind of fly off into the distance. And then Iza got like distracted by watching everybody's faces by this, right? Like, this is the first time that that teenage hedgehog is up here. So, like, that caught her eye. She was kind of, like, watching whether or not she was mesmerized or bored. And then watching her mom not paying attention to this whole thing, but paying attention to her daughter. And then watching the turtle and that and that frog. Like, I just got distracted watching the people watch this scene that I didn't even see the scene. Mainly because she wanted to know what she needed to do next. Yeah. And then she got distracted just by, like, watching people's reactions. But, like, if I needed to, like, jump up and scream, I needed to know that by watching the other people. I think after this event, everything kind of goes back to that very chill but religious vibe. And and people start kind of leaving the tower and coming back up. We get the sense that the ritual is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but people still kind of stand vigil for the holiday. So like the, and I think we probably talked to some of the adults and they kind of clue us in that like, yeah, we're going to stay up here for the rest of the night and people are going to keep uh, holding watch, but uh, have some wine, have some, have uh, some cookies. Uh, Maribel makes the best shortbread cookies and you absolutely have to have some. Thank you so much for joining us tonight it really means a lot the, the more people we can get here the the better it is for our whole community you clearly have talked to a lot of religious people <laughs> at the end of like a a thing because that's exactly what they say it's like dead on exactly what they say i think i think isa's like all for it she's like oh well thank you very much i'm gonna go ahead and grab myself a little bit more so she fills up her little clay cup because no one gave her a new cup and she like doesn't really know if i'm allowed to use a normal cup mm-hmm. so she just keeps filling up her little clay cup with little bits of wine not too much um and gets one of the very delicious cookies and is just like she, i think immediately once that was said to her she was like oh i'm gonna eat great goodbye she goes gets her food and then she comes back to nunu i don't know if you followed her or not but no, I think Nunu actually like went to one of the portholes and he's like looking out one of the portholes having a, a, a cigarette and just kind of like shaking a little bit mm-hmm. because of what he saw. Yeah, I think he's just kind of like very anxiously having a smoke. I think Isa comes up with a cookie. And just like hands him one. Uh, th- th- thanks. That was, that was that was pretty that was crazy. I mean, it was, it was a ceremony. It's cool. Did, did did you not see that? The fireflies fly into the moon? Yeah, I mean, that was cool. Either do you trust me? Uh, yeah, I guess. Travel with you. You get to take a token for that. Uh, I think Nina says, good, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I, I think I might have had this place wrong. I think I, had, I think I had this place wrong. I think you're right to stay and to take a look at, at what was going on here. I think he flicks his cigarette out the window and it goes tumbling down uh, into the ocean. 
I think Isa hits him. She's like, don't do that. And also, yeah, of course I was right. Duh. You should trust me more. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then she starts pushing him towards the food table to get more food. Um, And he, he goes and he takes some food. And I think Lou crawls through the window and she's mm-hmm. she's back with the wisp behind her. And I think the wisp is different somehow. Like its color or its size? Yeah, I think it's color. I think it has a... But I don't think all of it's color. Mm-hmm. I think it has a single swirling streak of pink in it. And when Nunu looks at it, he's reminded of um, the pink orchid that he lost or that was stolen from him mm-hmm. uh, and the the color of the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. That was cute. I mean, do, is, is there anything that you want to... Nah, she's just gonna eat. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're gonna stay up there. Well, because okay, but if if she had seen that like crazy scene, mm-hmm. then she might be more moved. But like what she saw was just like a religious right. It was a religious ceremony, and it was cool. It was a very cool religious ceremony, and she's like vibing with all the people up here because apparently I know how to use the word vibe now. She's just like hanging out with all the people up here. Do you she's know how like, to use the word grok yet? No, it's not a real word. You made that up. But I think she's just like. She's truly an extrovert. Like, she is loving being around all these people and, like, being a part of this. There's, like, a high she's on because she got to experience this with all these people. So she's just, like, enjoying herself right now. Has Isa ever experienced anything like this before? I think in her hometown they have similar ceremonies. But as the player, Mm -hmm. none of them have the significance that this one did. Like, Mm -hmm. none of them are actually going to save the town. Yeah. Right? But, um, but like, yeah, she's, but it, she has experienced that, but this is a journey. She's on this journey to kind of like find herself. And this experience kind of reminded her that she's already a part of a community and that she has people that she can come back to and that she can participate in. And it's like this little taste of familiarity. Like people are close and care about each other everywhere that they are. And so I think she's just like a little high on that right now. Just feels a little familiar. She feels like she's in her zone. So do we spend the whole night up here or do we end up camping down at the bottom of the tower? I feel like we go back to the bottom of the tower because at this point, like the ceremony is over. Now it's just like we're keeping watch. Like, I don't know what that means. I won't know what to look for. So I think I'm going to leave. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think we end up going going back down and there's there's all these tents and stuff. Do we have how, how do we usually? Well, it's oh, what month is it again? It's breathe. So it's it's kind of oh this place lacks cold nights though so we have clear starry skies there's this breeze here and um, we're under this golden moon do we camp in a tent or do we just kind of camp out in nature well I wonder I mean I don't have it listed as like gear that I own but this doesn't strike me as the kind of game that if you don't have mm-hmm. it listed you can't use it so I mean we're traveling together I think we have some sort of tent situation all right so yeah I think Nunu sets up the tent and. And we get in and, and we start, I guess, drifting off to sleep. And I think Nunu asks, uh, hey, Isa, you uh, you asleep yet? Uh. Listen, uh, you think um, you think you're going to be heading home anytime soon? I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. Do you think you're going to go home? Oh, duh, no, no, I, uh, I don't. I, I can't go home. 
Just that uh, I- I'm enjoying traveling with you. I'm enjoying traveling with you too. So I I I hope you feel like traveling for a little longer. I think I do. I think I do enjoy traveling. That's a weird way to say that. I'm sleepy. <laughs> okay. Good night, Isa. Good night. And she like rolls over and like <sighs> and like immediately goes to sleep. Uh, and I, I think Nunu, it, I think it takes a little longer for Nunu to fall asleep, but eventually he too falls asleep to the sound of the wind blowing against the tent and children continuing to play and the not too distant sound of music playing. it for this week folks thank you so much for joining us wander home was designed by jay dragon and published by possum creek games you can find more at possumcreekgames.itch.io this is i think we're gonna wrap our wander home story there but i this, this is the second like short campaign of wander home that i've done and and i love it i really enjoy it what do you what do you think i loved it i definitely loved it it is Sometimes it's hard for me when I don't have like, if you want to fight someone, this is exactly what you have to do. You have to roll this thing and you have to do that. Like sometimes I have a hard time. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit more crunchiness Crunchiness sometimes. Don't like it. I don't like a game that's too crunchy. Like I'm not counting how many steps away I am from somebody, but like I need rules, right? But I didn't feel lost with this game. Sometimes I feel lost with games that don't give me like hard crunchiness, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't feel lost with this and this was really fun. Although it is very open-ended, it gives you all the tools that you need. Yeah. I think, so both times that I've played, I've played guideless or like code GMing, mm-hmm. GM full, but in the in Wander Home, that's referred to as a guide. I have not played it with a guide yet, but I think playing it with a guide would solve my only issues with this game is that sometimes when I'm playing guideless, the benefit of playing guideless, I feel, is like you get like very beautiful collaborative scenes Mm -hmm. i am not skilled enough to build plot that way i think i think collaborative plot is harder i think than collaborative scenes or Mm -hmm. settings Mm -hmm. and i i i it's absolutely possible i just think that's a personal weakness of mine right i would love to play as a guide or like a rotating a group with rotating Rotating guides guides. where every um every like place you go to as a new guide who has prepped some stuff Mm -hmm. has prepped the place has prepped some kith and and what their problems are yeah um because one of the things that i really love about the uh, about wander home that i don't think we've i've i've been able to hit on yet with guideless play is finding npcs with problems and trying to not solve their problems but help them in some way console them be there for them Mm -hmm. and 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 be a fleeting member of a community yeah and i really i think that's a major theme of wander home and i haven't quite been able to hit it with guideless play because i think it's harder to build that kind of like backgrounding yeah but i love the setting like the the stuff that we built with the giant's ridge Mm -hmm. i would have never came up with on my own 
I, I think that is really strong about Guy's Play. So yeah, I, I love I love this game, and it is uh, yeah, it's available on itch. It is uh, a beautiful physical book, and I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I very much enjoyed it. Again, would I play this all the time forever? No, because I need a little crunchiness. I need something to roll. I rolled nothing. And well, I'm not, there's there's I'm not no always, dice. In oh, this. I know that's it's what I'm no saying. No dice, no masters. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm not great at that. I feel <laughs> like sometimes I need to. Like there were a couple times where I just sat in silence and stared at you. And if I'd had something that I could have rolled, I would have been like, oh, that's gonna jumpstart my creativity because I don't, I don't know, I don't think on my feet quite like that. Um, however, and I, well, and that's what I I loved the tarot cards for that. I thought that was helpful. Sorry, continue. But however, um, I really enjoyed this game. It was very beautiful, and it was I I enjoy. GMless games. I think it's fun to create these things together. And this game made that easy for someone who does not always feel like they're very creative. Like creating the places and having the kits to work with. I thought it I thought it worked really well. I really liked it. I really I very much enjoyed this game. And I think I would have enjoyed it with different people. Because one of the problems that I have playing so many games with you is that sometimes I don't know if I like a game or if I like the game that you and I played. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but I think I would enjoy this game with other people. It's just I just I just liked it. I've only played one other game, but it was with totally other people, mm-hmm. and it was equally as like beautiful and whimsical and, yeah. and just fun. That's all to say. Check out Wander Home. It's really good. We want to thank Zach B, our editor and producer. If you didn't listen to about an hour and a half of us staring at each other in that, silence, we sta- we, yes, there was a lot. There was, was a lot of silence. Of if you didn't hear that. That's because Zach B is good at what he does. So thanks. Thanks, Zach B. We also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps others to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps the show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash hardpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by patrons Priest Pulse and Nicholas Harvey. Nicholas is the small god remembered as the calculating Warden of the Rose, whose shrine is decorated with fresh fruits and bouquets of sweet flowers. Thank you so much for your support, Priest Pulse and Nicholas. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. <laughs>